Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. I'm going to jump into the Word this morning, but uh, before I do, I want to um, just kind of lay out, I understand where we're at in the world. I understand what's going on in the spirit realm. I understand the things that are taking place. I'm very sensitive to what's taking place in our world, what's taking place in our society, and I understand that whatever has taken place, there's always an answer in the Word of God. I can look to the Word. That's why it's so important to look to the Word of God, not look to the world, but look to the Word, because God has an answer to what is going on in our nation, in our society, in our children, in our family, in our homes. There is an answer. We are in very serious, serious times that we need to understand And so turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 24. I want to kind of lay a foundation this morning, and then we'll jump over to another passage. But Matthew 24. The disciples were asking Jesus, you know, tell us when the end is going to come. Tell us when you're going to be coming back. Tell us how are we going to know? What's going to be the signs of your return? And many of us have read this passage before. I've certainly preached it a few times. But starting at verse 3 of Matthew 24, it says, Now as Jesus sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and when will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, and they will deliver up to you tribulation, and kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will abound... The love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. As I read this passage again and again, I'm left with the understanding that Jesus is coming back really soon. Really, really soon. Jesus said, in order for me to come back, all these things must happen. All these things have to take place. So if you're praying for Jesus to come back when it's all peaceful and great, that's not the way it works. The worse it gets, the more likely he's going to come back. And we're living in times when we are in a lawless society. There is anger, there's bitterness, there's frustration. And I'm not surprised. These are all the signs of the enemy being in charge of things. Satan is ruling things. Satan is running things. Satan, you know, when you kick Jesus out, don't expect Jesus to protect. When Jesus is out, we kick God out of our nation. We kick God out and we say, we don't want this, we don't want that. Don't be surprised when when things take place in our nation that are full of demonic uh, forces. Uh, We can't be surprised. We can't want Satan and God to. And we've got demonic people running demonic systems in our nation, not only our nation, for the record, 
All nations. I look around in South America, the demonic things that are going on there. I look in Asia. I look over in Europe. I look in Africa. I look in, down in uh, Australia and New Zealand. I look in all different nations of the world, and I see demonic spirits running everything. So I'm not surprised when there's killings, when there's deaths. All the, the increase of deaths, even this year, um, have been just astounding. And I, I don't think it's going to get less. I think it's going to get more. And I'm not saying that to make you fearful. I'm saying that to make you awake. Because if we take on the spirit of the world, we're going to sorrow as the world sorrows. We are in times where Satan is running. Uh, you know, I, I said it first service. I'll say it again this service. As long as I've lived on this earth, I have yet to see our government be run by righteous leaders. I don't care what party. I have not seen a righteous leadership in our government ever in my lifetime. I don't know about lifetimes before me. I don't know about those who lived. But my lifetime, I've never seen righteous governors, leaders in our nation here in America. There might be some in other states. But as I look at New York State, as I look at America, as I look at, there's no righteous leadership that goes on. And Proverbs 29 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in authority, the people groan. Guess what? We're groaning. When you see a whole nation groaning, it tells you who's running things. The wicked. And so don't be surprised when we see some of these take place these things happening, it breaks my heart. I'm overwhelmed. Um, you look at the mass murders that took place in California this week. They have some of the strictest laws. Laws don't stop spirits. You can write whatever law you want to write. But Jesus can stop it. But when Jesus isn't allowed to be in leadership, Jesus isn't allowed to be spoken of in the, the, the city halls and in the, in the governor's mansions, when Jesus is mocked and jeered, don't be surprised when Satan looks like he's running things, because he is. Now, that doesn't mean he's running my life, but he's certainly running the life of, of America. He's certainly running, you look in different nations of the earth, Satan is running a lot of stuff. And so we can live in this world, and even though things are happening around us, we don't have to participate in it. But understand these things are happening. And Jesus is trying to warn us in, in Matthew 24, he's trying to tell us that, listen, he also talks, he repeats the story in Mark. We see it again in Luke from different variations. But he's basically saying this, pay attention. There's things that are coming down the pike. There's things that are going to take place that are going to be because the world serves Satan. And as things get worse, please know, though, the end is coming soon. Please know that I'm coming back soon. But he gives us a couple of keys in this. First one he says to us, he says, don't be deceived. Notice what he says there. Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Why? Because a lot of people are being deceived. They're listening to the wrong voices. They're listening to the wrong people. There's deceptive spirits that are going on all over the place. And the reason why Jesus said that, see, when, when things take place in the world, deceptive spirits go out into the world, and you hear news reports, and you hear all those, those are spirits that are trying to get in you. And he says, pay attention to what spirits you listen to, because those spirits are trying to get in you. 
So that's why you can wake up on a Thursday morning feeling fine and on a Friday morning feeling angry because you picked up a spirit. And he says, pay attention to whose spirit you're listening to. Whose spirit are you hearing? Whose spirit are you paying attention to you? Are you listening to the spirit that's on the news? Are you listening to the spirit that's on social media? Are you listening to the spirit of God and through the word of God, through, the, through your time of worship, through your time of prayer? We should be coming out of three weeks of prayer and fasting stronger than we've ever been. We should feel stronger in the things of God. We should feel stronger in the word of God. We should feel stronger in the things. I know things are happening in the world, and I, I, if those things, I don't like those things. They bother me. They sadden me. They grieve my spirit. But I refuse to let their spirit become my spirit. But he's, Jesus is trying to warn, be careful whose spirit you pick up. Be careful you don't pick up the spirit of the world. We're not supposed to grieve the way the world grieves. We're not supposed to sorrow the way the world sorrows. We're not supposed to pick up spirits of anger and bitterness. We're not supposed to pick up those spirits. Those are demonic assignments. As those seeds are thrown out, when something takes place, you pick up those spirits, and those spirits end up affecting you and end up bringing death to the, to the womb of your spirit that's supposed to bring life. You actually sabotage the work of God in your life when you pick up demonic spirits. It can sabotage your marriage. It can sabotage your children. It can sabotage your finances. It can sabotage your health. And you pick up demonic spirits. And he says, be careful who's deceiving you. Because Satan's sending spirits out into the world to deceive you. And there's spirits all over. That's why when these things happen, I've got to be careful that I don't watch those things too much, that I don't, I don't get involved in the chats of those things, that I don't get involved because there's so many spirits and so much sickness and so much disease that I can, all of a sudden, I can bring sickness on myself because I'm listening to the wrong spirit. I can bring depression. I can bring hatred. I can bring all kinds of evil. I didn't hate you yesterday, but now today I hate you. Why is that? Because I picked up a spirit. And he says, be careful what spirits are you're listening to. And then he says these words. He said in verse 6, see that you're not troubled. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. See, don't be troubled. The world is going to get worse. Wars are going to increase. Fighting is going to increase. Murders are going to increase. Sickness is going to increase. Pestilences are going to increase. There's going to be more sickness. There's going to be more things that are coming down. There's going to be more um, wickedness that is released. There's going to be more deception. There's more lying. There's, there's wickedness on every level. We're being lied to every day, whether it's our government, whether it's our news, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. There's things that are out there. Be careful. Don't be troubled. These things are happening. The, the enemy wants to trouble us. He's talking to the body of Christ. See, people who are unsaved, they're going to be troubled because they don't have any governor. They have no protection to protect them from the works of the devil. But as believers, we have a hedge that we can put up to protect us from all the works of darkness, from all the works of the devil. I don't have to be a participant even though I see it. I see what's going on and it saddens my heart. I don't have to pick up the spirit of the world says, don't be troubled. These things are happening. And as long as the wicked are in control, you're going to groan. And unless God takes our entire congressional system in every state and 
and a federal level and turns them all into believers, we are not going to see this change. Now, if believers were in charge, we could stop some of these things. We could. We could take authority over some of these things, and they would stop in Jesus' name. But when the wicked are in charge, this is what we have. And so I cannot allow myself to be troubled. I can't get caught up. Sin is everywhere. Even he says, lawlessness will abound because, and the love of many will go cold. What do we have? We have a lot of coldness. Because sin's abounding. We're letting all kinds of things into our schools. We're letting all kinds of things into our, our, uh, our health care systems. We're letting all kinds of things into our judicial systems, our political systems. Of course, it's going to be full of demons. And we have to understand that we are fighting against those spirits that are trying to take out Jesus out of our world. Turn with me over to Acts chapter 3. And we know it's a reality. That doesn't mean we can't weep with those who weep. That doesn't mean we can't mourn with those who mourn. We just don't pick up a spirit of weeping and a spirit of mourning. I can weep with those who weep. I can, I can rejoice with those who rejoice, but I'm not going to pick up those spirits. Acts chapter 3, I want to shift our thinking this morning, if possible. Acts 3 if you remember coming out of Acts 1 and 2, this is when the day of Pentecost took place and the Holy Spirit was moved in. There was 120 in the upper room in Acts 2. And they got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and filled with the speaking in tongues. And they went and Peter preached and 3,000 souls were saved that day. And they were all filled and on fire for God. They were excited. And in chapter 3, we come into a story where Peter and John are on their way to the temple, and there was a lame man there who was there asking for money. And verse 4, Peter and John looked at the lame man intently, and Peter said, look at us. Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. I want to stop there for a minute. I want to... I want you to think about why would Peter say, look at us? Because for some of us, we're like, I'd never say that. Look at me. But because they were so filled with the Holy Spirit, they could say to the people around them, you follow me as I follow Christ. Look at the Jesus that's in me. Look at the Christ that's in me. You turn your eyes on what I've got in Christ. I've got something that you need. Turn your attention. And he spoke to the lame man, and he said, I want you to look at us, because we're going to give you something that you need, not something that you want. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and say, look at us. Turn to the next person on the other side and say, look at us. And then turn, then turn to him again and say, now what you got? I may not want to look at you. I don't know what you got. Now, you may be nice on the outside, but on the inside, you may got a whole lot of stuff I don't want. I want you to think about that. 
What kind of boldness would it take the body of Christ if every person in this room went out and we went to people that we know tomorrow we work with and our families and we say, look at us. Some people would be like, oh, I'd never do that. And the reason why you'd never do that is because you don't got enough of Christ working in you. Because what do you got that I can feed off of? What do you have that can help me today? What do you offer me that will strengthen me, encourage me, heal me, set me free? If, you, if, G, if Jesus encouraged and filled these guys so full of the Holy Ghost that by the time they got to this lame man, by the time they walked up to him, they were so full of God that it was just the overflow of their relationship with Christ. It was just the overflow of being filled with the Holy Spirit that they could say to somebody, look at what I've got. Look at what I can give you. You want money from me, but I got something better than money. I'm not saying look at me because I look this way or that way. We got plenty of that in the world. I'm saying look at the Christ in me that's, that can help you. Look at the Holy Spirit in me that can make a difference in your life. Look at what's working in me so that I can help set you free. And he speaks to this lame man and he starts to talk to him. And he says, I don't have any silver and gold for you, verse 6. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Peter said, what I've got for you is what you need. I've got healing. I've got deliverance. I've got miracles. I'm going to offer that to you right now. If you'll turn your attention on me, you'll turn attention on the Jesus that's in me, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you healings and miracles. I'm not going to give you bitterness and anger and hatred. I'm not going to give you hurt and grief and frustration. I'm not going to give you all the things of the world. I'm going to give you the things of Christ. How many people are we looking at? Are we following that we're, we watch their Instagram or we watch their TikTok or we watch whatever they're on social media or media and we're following them and we're looking at them and everything they're offering us is garbage. And not only are we looking at it, we're sharing it with somebody else. Hey, check this out. And it's full of garbage. And yet the thing that he wants you to have is to be full, so full of the Holy Ghost that when people get around you, that you have so much of the Holy Spirit in you that just things start to pour. People start to get healed. People start to get peace. People that are troubled in their mind. You're so full of the Holy Spirit, you can discern what's going on in people's lives and speak into their need. But we're so consumed with looking at all the wrong people, we don't realize we're deceived and we pick up the spirits of those that are grieving, those that are in pain, those that are bitter, those that are angry, those that are upset. We pick up all the wrong spirits rather than picking up God's spirit. We need to stop sounding like the news and start sounding like the word of God. If I listen to you and you sound just like CNN or Fox News, you've got nothing to offer me. If you sound like ABC, NBC, CBS, or NPR, I have no need for you. You have nothing to offer me 
If you sound like the news, or you sound like TikTok, or you sound like social media, you have nothing to offer me. We are supposed to be light in the world. We're supposed to shine in the darkness. That means there's going to be darkness. That means there's people who are going to need what we've got. I can't walk into work tomorrow. I can't walk into the store tomorrow. I can't walk into places looking all down and all upset and having conversations with people that sound all negative and all bitter and all angry and expect people to get saved. You had an opportunity to make a difference tomorrow morning. When you walk in, you have an opportunity to say something that will affect somebody's life for God. You have an opportunity to pour love into where there's hatred, peace into where there's hurt. You have an opportunity to speak things because not only have you received them, you've received them so much they just flow out of you because there's just so much of God in you. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to make it up. Well, pastor told me that I have to say something nice. I don't feel like saying something nice. What I feel like saying... Peter and John weren't always like that. Peter thought he was like that until the world challenged him and he cowered under the world. What changed Peter was an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Because Peter had nothing to offer. Peter thought he was the strongest man alive. Jesus, I'll stand with you. Even if the whole world comes against you, I'll stand with you. Well, the whole world came against him. Well, where was Peter? He was hiding amongst all the other world. Lying, saying he didn't know Jesus. Who you think you are and who you really are comes out in times of crisis. And the world is hungry for peace, for joy. It's hungry for somebody that's got a refreshing spirit about them. It's hungry for someone who's got a different spirit. We've got so much demonic stuff going on, and there's so much fear and so much torment and so much turmoil. And it's not just here in America. It's around the world. Don't be deceived to think America's got the only ones with problems. I promise you, it is around the world. I follow persecuted Christians around the world that are being killed every day, that are being destroyed every day because they follow Christ. This is happening around the world. There is a movement of Satan to destroy people and destroy their homes, destroy their lives, destroy their families, destroy their health, destroy your finances, destroy your everything, destroy your confidence. We have to recognize everything that we have comes from Jesus. So even if I say something, I have no fear. Because the enemy may try to put fear in us. The enemy may try to attack us. The enemy may try to say, you know, if you say that, you're going to get in trouble. But healings and miracles is what I have. Deliverance is what I have. Faith is what I have. You need faith. Compassion is what I have. I've got to choose. And notice what happened. As soon as he did that, the man got up and walked. And not only did the man walk, all these people around 
Thousands of people were watching. How do I know thousands? Because chapter 4, verse 4 says, after they were done sharing the gospel, about 5,000 now were saved. We know at the day of Pentecost, there was 3,000. By this day, there was five. That means another 2,000 came to Christ. Over that one statement, look at us. Thousands came to Christ. Look at us. Look what we've got. And then he goes on. And go to Acts chapter 4. As you're looking at chapter 4, I won't read it all there, but basically what he's saying is Peter and John got arrested. They got arrested because of the miracle. Think of that. They got arrested for healing somebody. They got arrested for sharing the love of Christ. And so they got arrested. The religious leaders were upset. The religious leaders were just demons in disguise. And they were upset. And they began to share the gospel with the religious leaders. And verse 13 says this. And the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were just ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. This passage hit me a couple years ago. Men who had been with Jesus. When people look at us, when people look at you, do they see somebody that's been with Jesus? That person knows Jesus. That person's been with Jesus. That person is hearing from God. People know whether you've been with Jesus or you haven't. I know when people have been with Jesus or they haven't. Because what comes out of your mouth tells me if you've been with Jesus or you haven't been with Jesus. And you can tell whether people are spending time. And it says they were amazed. See, the world is looking for somebody who's been with Jesus. They don't know it, but that's what they're looking for. They want to know that God is real. And the only way they know God is real is either if God visits them supernaturally or through God's people, they have an encounter with, this, with Jesus or the Holy Spirit. That's how they know whether he's real. We're the hands. We're supposed to be light in the darkness. We're supposed to be the ones that are reaching out. Right now, the world is hurting. Right now, our, our, nation, our nation's been hurting for years, for decades. Our nation's been hurting a long time, and it just seems to get hurt upon hurt upon hurt. The more social media, the more media we have, the more people are getting hurt, the more people are allowing spirits of, of uh, anguish and spirits of hatred and spirits of bitterness and spirits of frustration and grieving. Those spirits are just piling on, piling on, bringing people to the point of despair, bringing people to the point of depression, bringing people to the point of not even wanting to be here. Suicides are on the climb. They're on the rise. Fear and tormenting spirits are everywhere. There's so much torment going on. And when you've been with Jesus, you just sound different. When you've been with Jesus, you just look different. People look at you, you don't look the same as everybody else. When you walk into a room, some people may look and see who are you because you, you, you carry a presence about you. And that room. When I walk into a room, I try to walk into the room with Jesus. I try to walk into the room letting people know I've been with Jesus without saying a word. I want to walk into a room and, and people look and go, who's he? They don't even know why they're saying that, but they know something is different. And I do that on purpose. 
Not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a Christian. It's not, there isn't a different Jesus for pastors. (laughs) There isn't a different Holy Spirit for pastors. There's plenty of pastors who aren't full of Jesus, who aren't full of the Holy Ghost. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. I need to have more of his spirit, more of his presence, more of his power working in me. The last thing I need to do is walk in sounding like the world. When I walk in sounding like the world, it makes me small. When I walk in sounding unlike the world, but understand what I mean. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about love, compassion, peace, joy. I'm not walking in to condemn the world. I'm not walking in to criticize well, you did it to yourselves. You know, these guys do that. I'm not here to blame people. Well, they shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have done. I'm here to show compassion, to show love, to show care. We've got to shift our thinking. He wants us to become so full of the Holy Ghost. You know, I love Peter and John. They got so full, verse 19. They got so full that even if they had to go to jail, they were willing to go to jail. And they said these words out loud. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. There has to come a boldness where we're so bold for Christ, we're not afraid to speak up for him. Again, not in an arrogance way, but they had been arrested. They had been taken. They had been, they're standing in front of the court there. They're saying, you're telling us we can't share the gospel. Just so you know, we're going to keep sharing the gospel. Oh, you got to obey government. No, I'm sharing the gospel. Do you think... I'm going to obey the government who tells me not to share the gospel? Do you realize how many Christians are afraid that won't stand up for what is right? We're going to have to get bolder. We're going to have to get more confident. And it's not because you're a Christian that you're bold. What makes me bold is when I spend time with Jesus. What makes me bold is when I spend time getting filled with the Holy Ghost, when I pray in tongues, when I pray in the Spirit. I can get bold, but I can be like any other human being ready to run and hide in a corner when I haven't put my time in with God. I can be as weak as anybody else. My strength doesn't come from my title. My strength comes from my relationship. My strength comes from who I know who holds me. And that's your strength. When you walk in, you may have people that don't like you. Let me rephrase that. You will have people that won't like you. Especially if you're bold for Christ. Again, bold, not arrogant, not annoying. Bold. There is a difference. Some people are just religious. That's annoying. We don't need you to be religious. We don't need you to hold a sign that says you're all going to hell. You're not helping 
anybody. I'd rather have you hold a sign that says Jesus loves you, and so do I. Because the boldness of Christ is going to win the lost. Let me read this last two verses, three verses. Acts 4, 29 through 31. And now, O oh Lord, so Peter and John are with the believers. They're back home. Because the, before I read this, they're back home. The religious leaders didn't know what to do with them. The religious leaders let them go, but they weren't happy about it. Verse 29, and so they're praying with their brothers and sisters in Christ. And verse 29, it says, and now, O oh Lord, hear their threats, because they threatened to arrest them. They threatened if they kept talking about Jesus, they'd be in trouble. Hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through your name, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then it says this, and after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. I want you to understand what took place. They asked the Lord to give them boldness. They asked the Lord that they'd be able to walk into places and see healings, miracles, signs, wonders take place. And then it says, and the place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a sec. Weren't they already filled in Acts chapter 2? Yes. So why do they need to be filled again in Acts chapter 4? See, this is where some believers get lost in understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because you think that infilling that you got in 1983 <laughs> is somehow enough for 2023. Let me, let me get it a little closer. You think that infilling that you got in last month is enough for this month. You think that infilling you got last week is enough for this week. We need every single day a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? Let me explain what I mean, because some people think, well, I speak in tongues every day. And I agree that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's not the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't, don't misunderstand my words. It is the evidence of having the Holy Spirit, but it's not the evidence of being filled. I can have a cup, but just because I have a cup doesn't mean it's got anything in it. And what happens is throughout the day, the Holy Spirit's helping you with this, helping you with that. The Holy Spirit's giving you peace, giving you joy. And you've got to replenish your well. You've got to replenish your spirit. You've got to replenish and get filled again and filled again and filled again and filled again. You know, I wish, you know, because some people say, well, I got filled five years ago. I wish you'd use that same thinking for the news. Well, I heard the news five years ago and I haven't listened in five years, you'd be further along. 
But you listened to the news yesterday, and you looked at the news online two days ago, and you watched the video from Memphis, and did you spend any time praying in the Holy Ghost? Did you spend any time praying in the Spirit after watching all those demons do what they were doing? Did you spend any time crying out to God, fill me with your spirit, take every spirit of hatred and bitterness out of me? I don't want to receive any spirits that I just watched on these videos. Because I watched it. It was full of demonic spirits. Those are, that's demons that were at work. Nobody does that to another human unless they're full of demonic activity. Just keep perspective. It's not flesh and blood. You're dealing with spirits. And what spirit did you walk away from after watching the news? You were filled with the news. What did you get? Every spirit that was intended to be released through the news came into your spirit. You spend time with the Holy Ghost. You know, some people were so upset, they didn't even come to church today. I can't even get out of bed. I don't even feel like getting out of bed. And certainly if I go to church, I'm going late because I don't feel like worshiping. What are you talking about? You don't feel like worshiping? What do you think that spirit is? You're so depressed. You're so discouraged. You're so full of anger. See, when you worship God and you release things to God, he begins to take those things. That's why it's important. See, a lot of things that we see creates emotions. Emotions, when we are emotional, it opens up our soul to receive things. That's why you've got to be careful what you take in because your soul receives spirits. So that's why worship is so important because when you're in worship and your emotions are open, you're receiving the spirit of God that's coming in and filling you with the Holy Ghost. I watched part of that video, and I shut it off after I said, I don't want to receive any of those spirits. I've seen enough to know that this is demonic from top to bottom. I need the Holy Ghost. And you sit and you pray in tongues, and you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Spirit. You worship. God, I'm receiving. I'm cleansing my spirit of all that nasty stuff. Because how do I walk up to the lame person and say, look at me? When all I've got in me is bitterness, anger. Look at me. Get from me what I've got. Well, what do you got? Well, I'm really angry. Well, what do you got? Well, I'm really bitter. Well, what do you got? Well, I'm really hurting. We have to pay attention to what we're receiving because not only does it affect us, it affects those around us. Now all of a sudden those spirits are loosed in our children. Loosed into our marriage, loosed into our, our finances, loosed into our health. I can't sleep. I, I feel I've got sick. I'm sick. One of the greatest health challenges people have is torment into their mind that affects their body. Many unsound, any, many sicknesses come through our mind. Because we open ourselves up to demonic activity. We know sickness comes through demons. So once you understand, well, I don't want demons, well, then I've got to keep demons out of my life. But they also affect my children. They also affect my marriage. They also affect my job. They affect my money. They affect 
And they affect my effectiveness when Jesus says, I want you to minister to that person. I don't feel like ministering to them. I want you to pray for that person. Because when Jesus touches you, you can look at those five men in Memphis and have compassion and say, I pray they get saved. They're so full of the devil, I pray that the Holy Ghost comes in and saves every one of their souls and delivers them from that spirit of anger and bitterness and hatred. And you have compassion. I'm telling you, it's anti what the world would say. But we've got to learn how to live by the word of God. I have compassion for those who are full of the devil, that they'll have an encounter with Jesus. And if I'm not willing to bring it, who will? Who's going to minister? How many people are willing to minister to those guys today? Who's got enough of Christ that they could sit with them, sit with those mass murderers that are killing children and killing people? And so Who's got enough of Christ that can sit with them and say, I've got enough of Jesus so you can get saved today? Such as I have, I give you. And stop asking the questions, why did you do it? I already can tell you. You want the answer? Let me give you the answer. <laughs> the devil is at work in their life. They are surrendered to the prince of darkness. They belong to the devil, and the devil told them to do it, and they did it. Well, it can't be that simple. No, it is that simple. It's not because they're white, black, Republican, or Democrat. It's Satan. It has nothing to do with being straight or gay or anything else. It's the devil. So you already know that answer. Why'd you do it? I don't know. Because you're full of the devil, that's why. Let me tell you why you did it. You're full of the devil. But what I have, I can give you. And I can bring joy. I can bring peace. I can bring love. I can, you can receive the presence of God. If you'll receive the Jesus that I have, I can bring healing. Some people, you don't realize how sin people got that way. Some people get that way because they were beaten as a child. They were abused. I have found most people who are abusive were abused. Abused people, be, victims become abusers. And if I can set them free from the abuse, they probably won't abuse any longer. I'm just trying to bring understanding. We have so much to give. There's so much, but unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit, unless you're willing to say, Lord, I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm willing to dance. I'm willing to shout because regardless of what's going on around me, you are good all the time and all the time you are good. I'm willing to sing of your goodness, sing of your greatness. I'm willing to sing in the name of Jesus, I've got the victory. In the name of Satan, I'm going to be down and discouraged. But in the name of Jesus, I've got the name, I've got victory, I've got healing, I've got deliverance. Everything I need is in the name of Jesus. But I've got to lay that stuff down and stop picking it up. You lay it down on Sunday and pick it up on Monday. You can't pick it up. Somebody wants to talk about it, walk away. Or give them Jesus. I'll say that to people. People will get, they'll look at me cross-eyed. They'll start talking to me, and they'll start saying something negative about somebody else. They'll go, you know, I really feel bad for them. They go, what? I feel bad. They need Jesus. They don't know what to say to me. 
because I just screwed up their whole <laughs> conversation. And the person complaining to you needs Jesus too. What would happen if everyone in this church, watching online in person, got so filled with the Holy Ghost that every person we ran into, we began to give them all of Christ that we've got? Rochester is so full of violence. Rochester is so full of destruction. Rochester is so full of demonic activity. And every suburb around, too. I'm not leaving out the suburbs. They're not holy. <laughs> Those of you who live in the suburbs, you ain't holy because you live in the suburbs. I haven't met a holy suburb yet, but when I do, I'm moving there. <laughs> Well, maybe it'll just be me. <laughs> but what would happen if we went out this week and we're so full of the Holy Ghost that people in our home got saved, that people in our jobs got saved, that people that are sick got healed, that people are tormented got peace? Why do we have to be the ones tormented? Why do we have to be the ones that are always bad? Why can't we walk in with gifts of the Spirit, healings, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace? Why can't I walk in full of the Holy Ghost so strong that the power of the enemy cannot touch me? Today's the day. I want you to stand with me this morning. Don't leave yet. The drive-thru will be open when you get out. <laughs> Some of you are coming off your fast. They're like, now if you're coming off a real fast, be careful. If you really did a hard fast, let me just give this little teaching for 10 seconds. If you went with no food for a number of days, please do not eat anything coming off of it that can hurt you. Eat mashed potatoes. Eat stuff that babies eat or... Older, older, older people eat. Let me just say it that way. Eat stuff very sensitive to your stomach because you can hurt yourself. I heard this one story. A guy came off a 21-day fast and ate a steak and ended up dying. You can't do, you can't do that. You can't. All right, bring your minds back. Bring it back. Come on back. I'm right here. <laughs> I, you got to understand what goes in my mind, too. I have to ask the Holy Spirit to... Lock myself into the Holy Ghost. Could I have all these trails my mind goes on? But the Holy Spirit wants to fill us today. And I'm going to open the altars up for a couple of things this morning. First is if you want to receive Christ. There's people here, you need Jesus Christ. You'll never have peace without Jesus Christ. You'll never have joy, true joy. Now you can be happy, but happy is different than joy. Joy means regardless of the circumstance, I've still got joy. Some people need circumstances to make them happy. I do need Jesus to make me happy. You need Jesus to be in your life. I'm going to open the altars for you to receive Christ. When we call, when I have people come up, you come up. And when somebody comes to pray with you, you say, I'm here to receive Jesus Christ. I'm here to get saved. You can do that this morning. The second group is this. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled today with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, some of you, you woke up filled. You woke up and you spent time with Jesus. You spent time praying in the Spirit. You are full. You are on fire. You're ready to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You are full of everything. But those of us, we're just tired. We're exhausted. We're, we're mentally struggling. We just feel overwhelmed. We need more of the Holy Spirit. And here's what happens at the altar. The altar is the great exchange. It's the great exchange. When I come to the altar, I take all this stuff and I go like this. And I just kind of throw it down. I leave it at the altar. And then I pick up the infilling of the Spirit. And I put that into my spirit. That's what's supposed to take place at the altar. It's an exchange. I lay my sickness. I lay my pain. I lay down my tiredness. I lay down my worry. I lay down my troubled mind. I lay it down. And I pick up the mind of Christ. I pick up the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. The altar is supposed to be full of fruits of the Spirit and full of gifts of the Spirit. When you come to receive at the altar, you're coming to receive something from the Lord. And when I pray with people, and I'm going to ask my altar leaders to be uh, sensitive to this, and I just want to walk through how to do this. When I pray for people this morning, I'm going to first pray for you to release some things. And I'm going to ask the Lord to release it and begin to pray that direction, release it in the name of Jesus. And then I'm going to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like, and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some of you may have the evidence, some of you may not. And so you need the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I want you to receive the Holy Ghost today. Receive more of the Spirit of God so that when somebody sees you later today or somebody sees you tomorrow, you can walk up and say, I've got what you need. You need encouragement, I've got encouragement. I've got what you need. You need healing, I'm going to lay my hands on you and see you healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to believe God for you. You have to have something. Jesus is challenging the body of Christ. Be ready in season and out. Be ready for people. People are looking for an answer. People are looking for help. This world is so tormented. Let's be the Jesus that they need to see. Let's be the Christ in us that we need to be. I'm not saying be Jesus, please. There's no heresy here. I'm just talking about the Christ working in you so that you can lay your hands on the sick, so that you can see them recover, so that you can lead people to Christ. Maybe this week you'll lead one person, two people, five people to Christ. People are hurting. 2023 is just starting, and we've got a slew of deaths. Do I think it's going to get better? Not unless revival comes. I don't. I think it actually could get worse. Uh, I don't know if I could handle worse. Sure you can. Be filled with the Spirit. And let God use you. You can, I can. We all can. I don't have to pick up the Spirit. And if you picked up the Spirit of the world, I'm going to ask you to come and lay it down. Just come and lay it down at the altar. You want to lay it down in your seat? Lay it down in your seat. But just lay it down at the altar of God. And just say, I'm hungry for you, Jesus. I'm hungry for your presence. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.